Hello, and welcome to the third episode of the Hidden Gems podcast, which is dedicated to featuring short stories written by, as yet, undiscovered writers. My name is Kathy McCarthy, and I'm your host. I'm also a writer who writes under the pseudonym of C. Mac Lewis. Today's short story is entitled Hark, the Herald Angels Still Sing, written by Samuel H. Johnson. What happens when Donald, a herald angel with an unforgivably hoarse and croaking voice, tries to convince the angel Gabriel, otherwise known as Mr. G, to let him sing in the annual Christmas choir down on planet Earth? Let's find out. Hark, the Herald Angels Still Sing by Samuel H. Johnson Angels from the realms of glory, wing your flight o'er all the earth. Ye who sang creation's story, now proclaim Messiah's birth. Lyrics by James Montgomery, music by Henry Smart. The angel Gabriel smiled as he added one more name. The Cathedral Choir of the First Holy Church, Akron, Ohio. That should do it, he thought. Unless, of course, he should happen to discover one or two new choirs to add to his list. As usual, every December, the Herald Angels were impatient, anxious to learn their assignments in time to take their annual pilgrimages down from heaven to sit in on the choir rehearsals, performances, and concerts. Since most of the world's Christians choose to honor his birth during this season, he allows one or two heralds to join each choir. They add their voices to thousands of church choirs all around the world as they sing Christmas music. The Herald Angels love this one chance every year to sing their glorious songs throughout the earth again, just as they had done so long ago on the night he was born. As the assembled heralds read the assignments that Gabriel transmitted to each angel simultaneously, they prepared to listen once again to his usual warning speech. They could almost quote each word as he cautioned, Remember, keep your voices down. Don't get carried away. Just sort of amplify the carols. Just add a little sweetness. Give the choir a little extra boost, a little depth. And again, please keep your voices down. We can't afford to be actually noticed. Remember that, please. Just think what would happen if folks started putting two and two together. Most people sense that choirs sound really special when they sing carols every year. But everyone believes that the excellent singing is because of the extra rehearsals. Just think what would happen if word got around that invisible herald angels are actually joining in to help all of the choirs in the world. I hate to think how many problems we could cause, especially down in the United States. If they ever found out what was going on, they would probably pass a law to ban all angels from all churches forever. Now, you've got your assignments, angels, and may God bless you all. As the heralds joyfully rushed down to their assigned countries, cities, towns, and churches, one small angel remained, as usual. Mr. Gabriel? Before Donald could even ask his question in that irritating, hoarse croak of a voice, Gabriel answered with a firm, clear, No, you may not. But if I promise to sing really, really soft... May I go this time, please? Maybe to some little church way out in the country somewhere. Maybe some big, enormous choir where they won't even notice. 
I said no, and I mean no, Donald. Why do I have to tell you the same thing every year? No. I'm sorry, but you just can't sing. Not good enough, anyway. You have that funny, raspy-sounding voice. They might hear you. You might mess up everything, and we'll have to call off the choir singing altogether. You wouldn't want that to happen, would you? All the herald angels blaming you, not to mention blaming me, too. Donald expected Gabriel's response, and was ready this time. I wouldn't even have to sing, Mr. G. I've been practicing my violin for three years now, and I could play instead. Wouldn't even open my mouth. No way, Donald. How come, Mr. G? Please, you let that little drummer boy play that time. That was way back when folks were much, much closer to God than they are now, Donald. They accepted angels and understood who we were. You think they would accept an invisible drummer boy joining in their carols today? Not on your life. But, Mr. G, a violin is not loud like a set of drums. Please just let me go to some little out-of-the-way church somewhere. I just sit in the back of the choir with my violin and only play pianissimo. I'll even use my mute. Please, Mr. Gabriel, please. Gabriel thought that one over. Of course, he loved Donald and really wanted to give him the same opportunity as the others. Donald was a full-fledged herald angel, after all. Even though he was quite young and his singing voice was horrible, praise the Lord. Gabriel, being a horn player himself, had often thought of taking his old trumpet out of its case and sitting in with one of those orchestras that played Handel's Messiah every year. Up to now, he had resisted the urge. Tell you what, Donald, I've got a church choir that goes out to sing every year at the Kimball Elementary School and the Models Secondary School at Gallaudet University. Now, where is that exactly? It's in Washington, D.C., USA. Now, the students there are all hearing impaired. Hearing impaired? How can they hear the choir, then? The choir brings signers to interpret the words of each song with their fingers as the choir sings. Now, if you promise to play very softly, I'll give you the assignment. But remember, if you disappoint me, this will be your first and last Christmas choir. You and your violin. But promise me again, just play. Don't sing. Thank you, Mr. G. I promise. Donald read his assignment transmission, the message he had longed for, and whisked away before Gabriel could change his mind. Gabriel smiled briefly, then remembered, I should have made him play something for me first on that violin. Some fiddle players I've heard make noises that are worse than Donald's singing voice. As the Gallaudet University Christmas concert ended, all of the students, their families and guests, crowded around the choir members, smiling, signing furiously to each other with their fingers, and voicing their thanks for the music. Some of the students had suffered hearing loss, but others were born with impaired hearing. Those students had never actually heard people speak, so their speech was unusually loud and choppy. Six-year-old Natalie Brooks had always been completely deaf. Natalie was a chubby little girl who seldom smiled and never got along with the other kids. 
She didn't understand why she was different from the other children in her neighborhood. At school, she often interfered with her teachers, suddenly walking around the classroom trying to talk, trying to hear, and trying to understand. Two words echoed and repeated in her mind at all time. She read those words, deaf child, every day on the bright yellow traffic sign the city had placed in front of her house, placed there to warn passing drivers to slow down and be careful. Although the doctors had told them there was no possible hope of curing their daughter, Natalie's mother and father still prayed for a miracle. They prayed that Natalie would regain her hearing so she could stop screaming all the time in that harsh, disturbing voice. As the students and parents milled around the singers, Natalie hurried to the piano and pounded on the treble keys again and again. Suddenly she stopped and stared at the keyboard. Then she pressed one of the piano keys very softly, her mouth opening in a small O. Miss Carter, Natalie's teacher, quickly went to the piano and reached out to grasp both of her hands. Miss Carter shook her head, no, and signed to her that she was making a disturbance. Then Natalie asked Miss Carter in her unnecessarily raised voice, How did they make the sound of the violin? This is just a piano. Miss Carter spoke while signing. They didn't use a violin, Natalie, just voices and the piano. It was truly wonderful. Then Miss Carter touched Natalie's hand and asked, signing again, Why do you think there was a violin? I didn't hear any. And how did you hear? Natalie insisted, a bit quieter now. I heard a violin. It played all through the songs, all the Christmas carols. Natalie pulled away from her teacher, eyes widening and bubbling over with excitement. Natalie was smiling, and tears welled up and spilled down her cheeks. For the first time, she spoke without shouting. I always watch my brother practice on his violin, but I could never hear the music. Not until today. But today, I heard a violin— and now I hear you, too. I can hear all these people, all this. She looked around the auditorium for her parents and stretched her arms toward them. I can hear. I can hear. Thank you, God. Thank you. Standing nearby, an unseen Donald smiled and said in a throaty, croaking voice that both Natalie and Miss Carter heard very clearly. Merry Christmas, Natalie. I hope you enjoyed Hark the Herald Angels Still Sing by Samuel H. Johnson. Samuel is also the author of the historical novel The Cherokee and the Slave, which can be found at www.thecherokeeandtheslave.com. He's also the writer of an online sports magazine that features offbeat and sometimes humorous articles about sports figures from the past. Simply Google Samuel H. Johnson, Sports, and you will find his articles. A big thank you to John Bell, our amazingly talented narrator, who is also the writer, producer, and voice on the Bells in the Bat Free podcast, which can be found on iTunes. 
Thank you for listening to the Hidden Gems Podcast. Join us on Facebook at the Hidden Gems Podcast, and we would love it if you would subscribe, download, rate, and share our podcast with other lovers of short fiction. Now, we're always looking forward to discovering our next writer. So if you're interested in contributing, please send me your short story of less than 5,000 words. I can be contacted through the Facebook page, The Hidden Gems Podcast. Until next time, keep writing, keep listening, and keep dreaming. Thank you.